This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Phoenix, Arizona. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 11th, episode 1972. My gosh, these are starting to sound like years. This episode is brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Big Wednesday, the day you face your own biggest challenge. The day you risk it all. The day you either distinguish yourself or fade into the crowd. Hang on, we're hitching a ride. Daddy, I want another pony. I put 40 hours in this weekend, man, it's only Wednesday. I've been cussing this damn heat all day long, there's got to be another way. So I pick up my guitar and I write a song. Everybody hears and they sing along. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday. I watched a video this morning, and I thought of you because it fascinates me. Jennifer and I have traveled, and we've been in blizzards. We've been in hurricanes. We've had all kinds of weather events. Mm. We've been through most natural disasters that you can think of. It just seems to be our luck when we travel. But the one thing we haven't done is a haboob like you guys get. And I watched a video this morning. You guys... God, the yesterday and what the day before you had a couple of boobs and it's just like this wall is descending on you and you're gonna die does it feel like that when you're actually see it coming you know what's funny is you you can get the really cool overviews with those helicopter things right you know they, they're like hovering and yeah. they're watching it come and yeah, it's and that, huge and, it's a and, wall of a thousand feet high and we're all watching that on our live feeds too, because it's like boop, 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 you get an alert, you know, you look at it. When you are in it, basically, here's here's what happens. Well, all your weather alerts start going, boop, 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 you know, alerts are going off and you're in your house, you're like, oh crap, here comes the dust storm. And this has been two in two days. And so you run outside and you're like, does every horse have their fly mask on? And where are the chickens? <laughs> I got to lock up the babies. Come on, babies, come on, babies. And Lucas now freaks out if he knows there's a dust storm coming and that he's got to get the baby chicks who are now not babies. But you got to get the baby chicks. Everybody gets in. Everybody's got a fly mask on. Lock all the horses up. You run inside. And then you watch it come. And, and it goes from like a normal sunny day to dark. And... Two, not not yesterday, but two days ago, the dust storm was so bad. Chad and I were like, we've never seen it this severe. That's the one the I trees. saw the video of. It looked like yeah. a wall, a solid wall coming. It was yeah. just now. Is it is it like huge winds at the beginning? Oh my gosh! It's like you're in a hurricane for seven minutes. It's the weirdest thing. And it just gets dark. It just gets black. And you, if you're standing outside, you will have, you won't even notice it, but you will have dust and dirt in your teeth and your eyes. And, and just, you just crunch it, you know, for like an hour. If you are not inside soon enough, 
you will be crunching dirt. And it, it, I, I think the severe wind and then the rain is, and, and then it's just gone. It is just it always blows followed by. by rain. Is it always have rain? You know, the one yesterday was not. So the one two days ago, it poured. We lost power for several hours. And the one yesterday, we were like, oh, here it comes. But we were kind of on the edge. And so it came through. We had a lot of wind only for like six minutes. And then it was gone, no rain. But the one two days ago was here and cloudy for hours. But the main wind was probably about... Oh, that one was long. It was about half an hour. Does and we the, lost trees and the whole neighborhood is crazy. Oh, wow. And your pool is destroyed. I was going to ask, is your pool your just tech- look like mud? <laughs> yeah, just- it's disgusting. And then, you know, I have um, outdoor stalls and outdoor cross ties and everything is like blown up against the fence. You know, there's trees down. The whole neighborhood looks like it was in a hurricane for like 20 minutes. It's so bizarre. Wow. But we survived. We we press on. Has he we talked about going. flying? Has he ever flown into one? Yeah. You know what? It's funny because yesterday, you I live underneath the Air Force Base. I'm so, I, this might be boring you. I guess not no, if you're asking No, I'm questions. fascinated. So <laughs> I don't care about the audience. The, I'm fascinated. <laughs> we live I'm under fascinated the Air too, Force by the way. <laughs> okay, going, good. Really? Jimmy's okay. fascinated. Yeah. And you just hear... You know, throughout the day, you hear a jet take off and then another jet take off and then nothing for a couple hours. When a haboob is coming, you hear all you hear is jets coming in for landing. It's like they hit the emergency beacon like everybody go home <laughs> and you'll hear <laughs> <laughs> like every jet has been like scrambled to come home. Everybody get home. Like, Park in the hangar quick. <laughs> Park in the hangar quick. Yeah, you can want your like. Uh, I've asked Chad this before. You don't want your engine to intake all of that dust. I was gonna. You'll that's what I thought the problem of flying through it would be. Yeah. Is, no, oh. they get home super fast, or they. they I, I guess some have had to do emergency landings. There's a there's a runway in Gila Bend where they do emergency landings. I'm I'm sure I'm not giving away Air Force secrets because who would, why would I know any Air Force secrets? So there's different places that they they land, I guess, in the case of emergencies. Um, But yeah, it's weird. I'm like, oh God, here. And it's located at latitude and longitude. Yeah, this is the specific spot where they take off. Exactly. They store the bombs over here. Due west, you know, 17 degrees. Uh, yeah, like I said, nobody tells me anything, so I can't be giving away too much. Um, but yeah, it's really it's cool to like hear all of the planes coming in and and just like it's like crap here comes I'm ready come on. <laughs> I just wonder what it's like when you're driving. Do, can you see anything when you're? So it is the immediate rule to pull over. Everybody now knows to pull over. Yeah, because you will just crash because you cannot see the visibility. Two days ago was like four inches and in on the freeway. Wow. <laughs> Pull over. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah. The one two days ago was pretty monumental. The one uh, we, the closest we got, we were in, we were in Vegas. We rented a car and we wanted to go up and see area 51, which we got a little too close to that day. They, they were scouting us pretty heavily. I don't know what area 51 is. I, it doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, about. we were a little too close. Um, <laughs> they were, they were unhappy about that. Uh, so, we came back, and when you you've been on this road probably that goes up and north into the desert. When you come back, you're you're up from Vegas, and you're looking down on it. And they had had mm-hmm. a haboob while we were gone, so the city was like gone. 
We didn't see it come in, but we saw it after. So when we got down to the city, it was just weird because everything was covered in dust, and and you could barely see down the streets. And but we had we saw it after it happened. We never we didn't get the to see car. It my car was in the garage and it was covered in dust. Ugh. What do you think that does to your house? Ugh, <laughs> the just... amount of dust. We Chad always likes to say we're 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 dirt farmers. Well, there's a we reason you sandblast things is because it it just takes everything off. You yeah. know, <laughs> basically that's what's happening, right? You're being Top sandblasted. Top layer of skin. Yeah. <laughs> Whitens your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) I know that wasn't the topic for today, but I just saw the video and it's always amazed me. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But you know what? It's it's okay. It's kind of it's it's scary, but it's also exciting. Like, what's going to happen now? Because there's nothing. Well, you you get no weather excitement at all where you live, (laughs) right? We're like, oh my god, clouds! Yes, (laughs) (laughs) we have massive thunderstorms and hail and lightning every day. You don't get that. (laughs) No. Not at all. Like my, you saw like the video I posted of it's raining and it is like a holiday. We are Lucas is running outside. We're playing in the rain. It's every single person I know in Phoenix posted about their children and or just them playing in the rain. Like oh my god, <laughs> Lucas is like, what is this stuff coming from the sky? I'm like, yes, it happens. Lots of times in other places. Yeah, not so much here. <laughs> not so much here. He's seen rain. He's f- he's five years old. I think he's probably seen rain four times. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it hasn't rained here in like two years, so it was really exciting. And, and Jemmy's six-year-old, has seen rain four times in the last two days. <laughs> yeah. <That's okay>. yeah. <laughs> At least. At least. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Jemmy, what is coming up on today's oh, show? Well, I just want to say real quick, I would be equally as fascinated as Lucas by being where you are because every weather event in Florida involves water. So a dry storm yeah. blows my mind. Absolutely yeah. blows my mind. True. <laughs> All right. So, so on today's show, in our weekly horse health report, Dr. Guest Latcher from Spring Hills Veterinary comes on to discuss strategies for horses in these hot summer temperatures. We review a few really fun lists for crappy, crappy, crappy list Wednesday and then catch up with Sally from Heels Down. So let the laughter ensue. Plus, Jamie gives us the chapter of opium equation. We've all been on pins and needles to hear chapter 31. <laughs> so you don't want to miss any of it. It's a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today, today is all American pet photo day. I have a feeling you all listening know exactly how I'm going to suggest you celebrate that. Well, we are celebrating by sharing our horsey selfies. Well, not me because I don't have a horse, but you can take a selfie with your horse today in celebration of All American Pet Photo Day and share it as a comment under our post with Jamie and baby Zara on the Horses in the Morning Facebook page. Up now. All right. Yeah. Or dogs, cats. Jimmy, you're you're post a selfie with um, Find a peacock. You have a lot of those outside. (laughs) You have peacocks out there. I could probably find a picture of you and Scooter, so we could post that up. Uh, I could probably find (laughs) a picture of you and a horse. Well, just for those listening um, that have been following the opium equation, remember that cat is in a cave. She has found Bubba and they're stuck and they're going to die. So right now they are about to try to escape the cave and it's pitch dark and they have to dive underwater. Okay. Just saying. Well, that brings up something that happened recently in news, huh? Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> and they got them all out. Thank God. All right. Daily Winnie time. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy 
<laughs> we have a lot of auditor birthdays to do. You're scared, aren't you? Yeah. You're scared. I am always a petrified now that I miss one. So I double checked this morning. And yesterday, today, and tomorrow, I think these are the auditor birthdays that I found. <laughs> we have Katie Dixon, Joy Dorsch. We have Danielle Bacher, uh, Danelle Murray. Aaron, Helene, and Beth Ayers all have birthdays. Happy birthday, ladies. Oh, um, so this is just a um a day for celebrating the auditors. Okay, because you know that I bought my client uh, a horse. I, I bought her, I found her a horse. And we bought it, and it's going to say really you big... say that you're going to have a lot more clients. <laughs> Watch out! He's buying horses for people. So we found this horse, and we really like it. And it's boarded here now, um, and her name is Marvel, and she's she was sold to us as a, like a warm blood cross. You know, like we think she's like Irish Oldenburg. I'm like okay, that's awesome. So anyway, I just caught a view of her hip in the weird, some sort of weird lighting. And I looked at it and I thought, is that a brand? Is she branded? So I, I, I've been looking at it and turning around. I'm like, hold still (laughs) looking at it with the self. I took a bunch of pictures and I posted them on the auditor's page. And I'm like, listen, I, this horse has a brand. What is it? And within five minutes, Every single person in there had told me what what that brand is. They had showed me c- comparable brands on their horses. And she is dang branded. And she has been through the inspections, which is really nice for, uh, well, for, for to know. You know, that that's why you brand your horse. Somebody told me when, when I take baby Zara to her inspection, brand your horse because it lets people know that she's, you know, for lack of a better word, she's fancy. She's been inspected. She has been approved. She is fancy. And I thought I looked at this and I was like, oh, my God, she's a fancy. So it turns out um, she we're going to have to have somebody on to talk about this because I really don't understand the warm blood registries and how they work. I don't think anybody understands the warm blood registries. Yeah, exactly. So um, they're a little convoluted and crossed over and (laughs) just... Yes. Yeah. And, and, and so she is branded with the RPSI, which is the Rhineland fault, something or other, uh, something. And it's like different parts in different parts of Europe make this registry. And it's so bizarre. And all these, and there's a like different stud books. And is she a first book or a second book? And it turns out she's like a second book RPSI, but that's the Westphalen organization. But they are called Zanger Shields in Europe. And so I think she's a RPSI Zanger Shield Westphalen. She's a very <laughs> fancy. I think, so I, need, the, I think that the Europeans do that just to confuse us Americans, to be honest. Yes, without yeah. a doubt. Without <laughs> a doubt. So, And it is like the Americanized version of this registry. So I don't think Europeans do it. I think Americans do it. To like, <laughs> not only just to mess with each other, but like to confuse everybody. So it turns out, anyway, she's fancy. And she's branded, and I'm really excited. Jen was just beyond thrilled. So you guys did a great job. Thank you very much for helping 
And I do want to mention that one of the auditors basically uh, scary went on and he says, okay, uh, here's what I see. And it's like a little archway and the number eight, three. And he's like, I see a flag, a horse head and a dog bone. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's not it at all. <laughs> okay, yeah. We hope it's not a dog bone. That's <laughs> not it at all. And, I, and so then he like drew in there what the flag and the horse head and the dog bone and basically the dog bone eater looked like a wiener and i was like this you're inappropriate (laughs) (laughs) speaking of which i'm gonna right after our uh horse health update we are going to have an update on scooter and his private bits and why they were swollen to basketball size Mm -hmm. so we had to Uh, so we'll talk about bless his little heart yep (laughs) and we'll give you an update okay perfect well do we have yes we do Okay, Dr. Latcher is here. Good morning. Good morning. I'm glad that I'm not the only one who is mystified by the warm blood registry. <laughs> <laughs> I I have this I have a yearling who needs to be branded Oldenburg, but it's like does she have three deep pedigree on her mom's side, three proven mares, and then this and that, and then she's a Oldenburg, but she's not Oldenburg European Oldenburg. She's Oldenburg North American, and that she can <laughs> register for. But also, we can register for American Warm Blood or RPSI, and then she can also potentially have a hand of air. I'm like, oh my god, what's wrong with like the way thoroughbreds do it? Is it Mama thoroughbred? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Is it Dad a thoroughbred? Yep. Yep. Then it's a thoroughbred. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Dr. Ladger is here joining us from Spring Hill Equine. You can find her at springhillequine.com. And we're going to talk, we've been talking a lot about summer issues and electrolytes and making sure your horse is getting enough of the appropriate things for hot summer temperatures. Now, Dr. Latcher, it was 115 degrees here two days ago. So I feel like, I feel as a person that lives in a very hot climate that I I am on colic watch because, you know, it starts to get dramatically cold places and you start to watch for colic. And I want to know, do I need to be that concerned in hot temperatures and not just 115 dry, like 87 and humid is just as bad in other places. So what is the protocol for keeping a horse colic free in hot weather temperatures. So, so hot weather, what are some of the things to look for? Bad things. <laughs> well, I live in uh, Florida. So we experience the 92 degrees with 110% mm-hmm. humidity on <laughs> yeah. a regular basis. So I hear you. Um, okay. In some ways, the hot, dry weather is a little bit easier on horses because they do their main way of getting rid of heat is sweating and then evaporating it just like you or I. Um, so the, the big thing on these horses in this, this hot weather is managing all that water loss that they have through sweat. And it's figuring out how you get enough water into them. The biggest reasons that I'll see colics in this hot weather is the horses didn't drink enough. You know, you can go through the barn and ask them, did they drink the normal amount of water today? And they'll say, you know what? I think they backed off water today. Now, if I could figure out how to lead a horse to water and make them drink, <laughs> you're a millionaire. I would be on a beach somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would be drinking a lovely drink with an umbrella in it. Um, but that being said, we can trick them a little bit. And there's a few ways to do that. Electrolytes are obviously one of them. If you eat salts, you're going to be thirsty. But you can also add lots of water to food and to hay. So soaking your hay, soaking your food. Uh, it always amazes me 
how much water horses will eat in their food. My record is two handfuls of equine senior out of the three gallons of water. And that horse drank <laughs> that entire bucket trying to get those, those few pellets. So, uh-huh. um, you know, looking for creative ways to lead your horse to soup and get them to eat it <laughs> are, are my biggest recommendations. You know, I got to tell you a little story here. When uh, I was a vet tech uh, at a clinic down the street, one of the vets came back and she's like, I just had the weirdest case. She went there and the horse was colicking and the horse was not drinking and had a weird rash on its, on its lips and on its mouth and it would not drink and it was dying. And she kind of did a little bit of investigating and they have those, in, in if those little like metal cups that are automatic waterers where the horse pushes down and the water comes yeah. out. Yeah. It was so hot that that it was, was burning. Oh it, huh. no, it was Ooh. burning the horse's lips. So it wouldn't drink. I mean, it's Ooh. like suffering from burns basically because it's so hot and the people had installed them just a little too close to the sun where the shade, the sun was going down and then it was hitting that. And it was lit up wow. basically. And so it's hot as fire and this horse would not drink. And so you, I, I'm, I'm assuming that as the veterinarian, you have to be a little bit investigatory. You have to investigate the kind of yeah. scenario, the presentation. So what I've are some presentations? Had, well, I've Go had um, hot wire be near a water trough oh. and electrify the whole water trough. <gasps> yeah. Oh, dude. I've never heard of that. Horse's hair was standing up all the time, and they didn't know why. It's like the mane was exactly. straight up, the tail was straight up. Like I'm so thirsty, but it hurts yeah. so bad. And usually, uh, you can tell that something is going on if I bring, um, you know, if I don't find a reason for why this horse isn't drinking, or you know, I'm a little bit suspicious that something strange is going on. I will bring, you know, a bucket that I have control over. So I'll just take a regular bucket and I'll bring it in and I'll set it down and I'll see what the horse does. You know, if they go to that bucket and they want to drink and they're being suspicious about it, you know, they're telling me from a behavior standpoint, I want to drink, but something weird is happening in my world and I'm not sure that I can, you know, Mm -hmm. then I really go start to investigate what's going on. Um, I almost always go out into the fields and check the waterers and see, you know, is, is it disgusting? Um, is there a solid layer of slime? Well, that's like, I, I was going to ask you about that because we live in Florida and it, basically you'll have green slime on top of an outside water bucket of any kind in about a day. I mean, it just, it takes a day. Yeah. And, and you see these people don't ever clean it. And it's like, would you drink that? Does it hurt the horses? Will, will <laughs> they drink it? Does it hurt the horses? And I'm assuming I'm just fanatic about getting it. Glenn's cleaned. just asking if he can not clean. No, no, I'm a fanatic out. about it. I hate the people who don't <laughs> clean it. I think it's disgusting. I wouldn't drink it. I, I very often will check those waters, but if there is a decent amount of water underneath that slime, you know, if it's some of the bigger water troughs and they can get below it, um, they can drink that without a problem. And the slime doesn't necessarily hurt them. What I worry about is when we're looking at like, you know, those small bowl automatic waters Mm -hmm. and the entire thing is slime. That's Uh, where I get concerned that we've got a bigger health issue. When you're looking at a 55 gallon, you know, those big tanks that double as a swimming pool in Florida, (laughs) Um, you know, those it's, it's a lot, there's a lot more water, you know, so the horses can get below the slime. 
the the ones, like I said, that really concern me are the very small ones. Um, in general, I think that the horses do better with a, a bigger water trough um, just because there's more area for the, the particulates and water to settle down and some of that kind of stuff. So I tend to recommend that horses have at least a 20 to 30 gallon outside water source. Um, so there's enough turnover of the water as the day goes. I'm terrified of those little waterers too, because I just feel like, what if it breaks? You know, what if it quits? Yeah. What if it stops working? Does that happen uh, often have, that you've seen? Yes. Yes. And in Florida, we also have that thing called hurricane season, which is going on right now. Um, power. And yeah, power goes out. <laughs> And then you are bucket brigading water and it is nearly impossible to do that with those little tiny bowl automatic waterers. So they're, they're just not my favorite for a lot of reasons. My favorite is five gallon stalls in particular is five gallon buckets and not automatic waterers because you know exactly how much your horses drink or hanging up. Um, well, yeah. mine, mine hang, yeah. but, um, I have bad horses who would knock them over yeah. if I had them on the floor. Yes. But um, I have these my really world. cool waterers outfield. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, used no, to, I have a, a Mustang um, have that will knock five gallon buckets off. So we actually here in Phoenix use <laughs> giant muck tubs and I have to tie his to the wall. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I would t- suggest that you look at the mountain horse. Um, they have an outside waterer that you could put in a stall that is 15 to 20 gallons. And it is very difficult for most horses to tip that one over. And I have to say that that is one of my favorite automatic waterer situations that I've ever found. I'm writing it down right now. Mountain so horse. Little plug. Hmm. Yep. The same people who make the great mounting blocks, they make a fantastic larger automatic water that's easy to clean, which, you know, in Florida, Glenn, is very important. Yeah, we have the big outside <laughs> waters too, the big bowls, the really big bowls, and they're so easy to yeah. clean, and they they work. I mean, they just work. And you can dump them out yeah. easily. And there's a lot of water in them, but they're easy to dump and then just scrub out. And we keep scrubbers. We actually keep scrubbers on the fence posts by all the waters outside so we can just quickly clean them. Um, when you're cleaning waters like that, yeah. do you use any mm-hmm. detergent or do you recommend it or just scrub them out? I tend to not recommend detergent. If I'm going to do anything, I will put a little bit of vinegar and not a lot, just a little bit of vinegar in there. Okay. Um, because after you, you clean and you rinse the water, the vinegar is okay. The horses can drink that and not have an issue. I do have some people who put small, very small amounts, like a couple of capsules of chlorine bleach into water tanks that are, I wouldn't do that in anything smaller than about 15 gallons, uh, but that will help minimize mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. that can grow in there and a little bit of the green slime. Uh, you don't want to be able to definitely smell the chlorine. Um, you know, if it smells like a pool, you've got too much in there, that's for sure. But a little tiny bit, a couple of capsules will really help uh, minimize a lot of the, the goo that can grow in your waterers. Hmm. Gotcha. Cool. So as far as preventing colic, getting the horses to drink water, making it very comfortable and happy. Anything else that we can do? I try really hard to keep horses cool, which uh, in Arizona and Florida, you know, that's, that's a tough job. One of the issues, the other issues with colic in these guys is horses are hind up fermenters. That's why they're always passing gas. And we like it when they pass that gas, but when they over ferment in their GI tract, then we have a gas colic. So, Keeping them as 
reasonably comfortable in terms of temperature as possible is, is always a goal for me. Uh, out of the Olympics in Atlanta came some really great work on cooling horses down after exercise, and you can do it quick. I don't know about you guys, but the, the fear of God was put into me as a child that you do not hose off a hot horse with cold water. They could die. I was, that was a given. Like I knew that that was a truth written from on high. Yeah. What? That was always and a thing. Reached, yeah, yeah, that's right. You're right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the research has really shown that's not true at all. And in fact, the opposite. When, the minute you get done riding, hose your horse off. Like I pull the saddle off quickly and I hose the neck underneath, you know, where the big blood vessels, where you see those blood vessels popping. I do a quick hose off. I scrape them off. Then I'll take my saddle and put it away, you know, do some of that stuff. And then I come back and I do it again. Um, and hosing and scraping and hosing and scraping will really help them cool off quickly. And that will help their GI tract get down to a more reasonable temperature faster so they're not generating all that extra gas from fermentation. Get out. So being hot after work can create more gas, which then creates a gas colic. Oh my gosh, I'm learning so much today. It's interesting <laughs> because I thought if she recommends that you don't use cold water on a horse. I was like, my eventing career is over because we use ice buckets to cool. <laughs> like you, you take that came out of the research. Yeah. Really? Really? That's yeah. They, they looked at all of the different temperatures and they found that 40 degree water is the best. I was like, Ooh, I don't know if you could hose me down with 40 degree water after a workout. <laughs> I might kill you. But yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> 40 degree water. That's like ice water. Did the best job at reducing temperatures. Yeah, reducing temperatures quickly. And those Mr. Fans, Mr. Fans are amazing. Now, you guys in Arizona have the advantage that you don't have the humidity. And I'm not going to lie. It's not the heat. It's the humidity um, that is really a killer. And in horses, Let that's, me stop that's you right there. Well. Yeah. Don't ever say that to Jamie. <laughs> it is not the heat. It is the humidity. I was in Oklahoma last week and it was 87 degrees, like 110% humidity. And everybody is dying. They're dying. They're like, Oh my God, this is the hottest thing ever. And I'm like, I don't need lotion right now. I don't, I can go outside <laughs> and my eyeballs are not getting shriveled into little raisins in my head and it's 87 degrees and you people are dying. And then why don't we try 117 for the entire month of freaking August? Okay. You, you open this me. one up. This is your fault. <laughs> yeah. I am. Okay. So at 117, like... <laughs> it's the heat too. I'll give you that. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Carry on. I just wanted to just put in my little air. Every person in Arizona acts like I do, by the way. It's not just me. Go ahead. <laughs> the the issue for us, though, with the humidity is that then horses can't evaporate that sweat. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal because they need sweat evaporation is a huge deal for them. For the weight of a horse, they have less body, body surface area than you or I do. And so they need that sweat to evaporate faster than we do in order to get rid of that heat. And then they have that whole big GI tract to get rid of heat as well. Mm -hmm. And that thing, you know, fermentation creates heat. So they're, they're just little heat machines. And then we put them in 117 degrees or we put them in, you know, 95 in humidity. And we've got to facilitate that. And that's where fans are a big deal in Florida in particular and, you know, Oklahoma, 100% humidity. But getting them in front of a fan to really help them manage that evaporative cooling is, is a huge deal for them. 
And that's super easy to do. People like I I'm from Georgia and my horse that I lived, uh, that I rode, I would, the only chance I would have to ride him because I worked mornings and afternoons was in the middle of the day. So I would ride him, come back, hose him off. And just one of those white box fans you can get for 15 bucks. I would just plug it in and stick it in front of him while I was putting all my stuff away because I couldn't put it in the stall. And so I just stick it in front of him right under his chest and would just blow right up at him. And it just makes a huge difference. And that was super easy to do. So if you have any of just ability to run an extension cord and get that done, it is, it is super important. It really makes a big difference and it feels good for you too. <laughs> exactly. Bonus. There's Bonus. a few other things you can do as well. One of them is, uh, increasing the fat in the diet and reducing your hay just a little bit. And I'm not saying go drastic on that. I would definitely tell you to talk to your veterinarian about that, but increasing fat, reducing protein, reducing roughage and not by drastic amounts, but also reduces the amount of heat that they create in that gut fermenting all that forage. So in extreme situations, we really look at modifying the diet to try to help this high performance horses manage all that heat. Um, In addition you can cut your workouts by about 50% because you're getting twice the bang for your buck. And it may not seem like it necessarily. You may have certain goals, but cutting those workouts by about 50% of the time, you'll get all the fitness work done in less time just because it is so hot. And every horse in the entire country just took a deep breath and said, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I don't mind heat this time of year. I know. Well, everybody hates this time of year. So you're in good company. Well, listen, Dr. Latcher, as always, it is awesome. Glenn, is Dr. Latcher near you? Can you use her as a veterinarian? I don't. Spring Hill's where? We're up in Gainesville. Okay. Yeah. She's about an hour away from where we are. The best university. Yeah. We're about Uh, an hour from her. Yep. Watch out. There's some FSU fans are going to get mad. I'm obligated so, as a graduate from the University of Florida to give them a plug for their greatness at every opportunity. <laughs> well, Dr. Letcher, I might be in your area. I have tons of family in Gainesville and uh, Palatka. I'll be in for Thanksgiving, so I'll look you up. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. SpringHillEquine.com. Thank you, Dr. Letcher, for coming on. Have a great day. and We appreciate everything. And uh, give your horses an ice cube for us. <laughs> Definitely will. <laughs> All right. Bye. You know, um, you're coming in then. The humidity should be down to 90% by Thanksgiving. Yeah. So you'll be fine. By Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I know. My mom's like, my mom, insight information here. Uh, honey, when exactly were you planning on coming back to Florida? Because <laughs> it's been about, I don't know, nine years. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe I should come. But if they would do Thanksgiving a week early, it'd be easier to travel because it's really That's expensive. To fly it is true. It's the most expensive time of the year, and it's the busiest time of the year. I feel like I want to start a revolution to make Thanksgiving a week That's early. Plus, you have to be home for Radiothon then the following Monday. So there's that. See, there's that. Yeah, just tell uh, your mom it's my fault. It's all right, my fault. cool. Yep. Or all you right, can come can over here for Radiothon and join us this year. That is less likely than visiting <laughs> my mom. I don't know, Jemmy. We have a good time, don't we? We have a good time. Yeah. So, uh, Mama, here, here's what I do. Here's, I call my mom. I'm like, Mama, I'm coming to Florida. And she's like, what? Are you coming to Florida to visit? I think that's great. I'm like, but I'm not going to your house. <laughs> <That's right. I'm- laughs> 
going to Ocala. Just letting you know, I'll be in the state. Yeah. (laughs) We'll honk the horn as we fly over. Okay, mama. (laughs) Ariat is a brand that everybody loves. Well, right now, up to 80% off on Ariat products over at horselovers.com. Ariat boots marked down from $600 to $200. We have... uh, all different kinds of stuff. Yes, we have Ariat paddock boots, tall boots. They have the kids. They have the Valance on sale. Oh my God, this is going to cost me. They have pay. the kids all-terrain boots, the ones that kids really like, the little paddock boots that kids like for 40 bucks, marked down from 80 bucks. Um, they have the show shirts marked down to $27 from $90. Uh, and all the Ariat jeans and breeches and tights and I, they just have it. I'm well. Let's see. Nineteen pages of stuff. Nineteen pages of. And I didn't know Ariat made sneakers. Did you? Oh my gosh, the Valance. Oh, these are the men's ones. Yeah, oh. I have Ariat sneakers. They're amazing. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know they made sneakers. But anyway, they actually make men's sneakers. I didn't know that either. But they also have the cowboy boots. A whole bunch of different cowboy boots there, marked down to less than a hundred dollars, um, and. Uh, I didn't know they made slippers either. I didn't know Ariat made slippers. Cheetah slippers. So if you want some classy cheetah slippers, you can find them at, Air, uh, at right now at horselovers.com in the sales section. And this sa- Their sales never go on for very long, just a day or two. So be sure to head over to horselovers.com today and check out the sales section. Uh, I, you're, are you still shopping? Can, am I going to get you back? I'm sorry. Care, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I need a new pair of Valance. They're my favorite boots. Like a jogging, you can run in them. So I'm going to horselovers.com and uh, looking for Check those. those out. Horselovers.com today. Remember, if you use the coupon code HRN, HRN, you'll get $5 off an order of $50 or more. And if you're not spending $50, you're not shopping correctly. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What are you buying? A hoof pick? Let's go. Let's do this thing. <laughs> So use the coupon code HRN at checkout and you get $5 off. Help cover your shipping. All right. So we have um, we have a lot of stuff to do. We have a couple lists we need to get to. Can we do the song now and then we'll do all that? Oh, I didn't even have one ready. Um, oh, my gosh. I got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> I need uh, a body break. All right. I'll live. get a song together live. here. And uh, so, so J- Jamie can run out. Uh, give me one second. Talk amongst yourselves. This show is like, oh, I have a news story for you. So remember the world record priced cult, the green monkey? Uh, he sold as a two-year-old for it was like 12 six, million or something. 16, oh, 16 million dollars. So um, he obviously wasn't like a super winner. $16 million did not pay itself back. And uh, unfortunately, uh, they just had to put him down from laminitis. So just, just he was only like fourteen years old. It goes so to show you, no matter how much you pay, horses get it does sick. not matter. They <laughs> just laminitis is the equal opportunity killer. It's yeah, just awful. But sad. also some bad news. I'm I'm going to give you You're good news bad here news. <laughs> in a minute. I just had to get these news stories out. Triple Crown winner Justify had they. This is very beginner, but they were training him. Bob Baffert was training him last week. And he just had a little bit of filling, they call it filling, swelling in his left front fetlock. And it went away in a couple of days and then they trained him again and the filling came back. So he is kind of like on stall rest. He's on stall rest right now and they're going to be doing some uh, basically 
I mean, what do you do to justify the look? He's got MRI and ultrasounds and x-rays and probably doing, you know, a million dollars worth of diagnostics. So just so you know, he is on stall rest right now and they are doing a whole lot of evaluating. All right. Well, that's sad. Are you have any good news before we go? I'll get to it. All right. I have some good news. After we uh, do the song, we'll do Sophia by Stephanie Quayle and we'll come back and we'll talk about scooters getting better. I'll explain oh, good. what was wrong with his private parts. Once upon a girl, not even seventeen, she sat across the ocean. She's gonna give the world a chance to live up to her dreams. Wide-eyed like a child, she wanted to. But the world she thought would change her Knelt before the way she thought the world ought to be Sophia, can you stop the wheels from turning? Sophia, can you live just for the day? If I had all the answers, would you even stop to listen? Sophia, Sophia. 
but your head is in the clouds. You're walking in my footsteps, but your head is in the clouds today. Well, that was Sophia by Stephanie Quayle. You can find all of her music at stephaniequayle.com. So Scooter over the weekend uh, developed this rather large swelling in his sheath. So his all his manly bits area was getting rather large, like half a basketball size on a little pony. Oh, and did not look comfortable, obviously. Um, and of course, as a guy, I felt for him. So on Monday, we decided if it wasn't down yet, what'd you call it? Dropping edema or something it was what? What'd you call gravitational it? edema? Did you learn nothing? I, I, well, I knew I remembered edema. I thought that was pretty good. So, <laughs> um, so actually, you were sort of right. We had the vet out on Monday, and the vet said it definitely looked like an allergic reaction to bug bites or something in the environment. You know, it's Florida. It's summer, and it's what one hundred percent, ten percent humidity, like we said. So weird things happen, and he thought that that's what it was—allergic reaction to something. So gave him uh, a diuretic shot. Ashley Lasix. Mm-hmm. So it actually has a purpose. Yeah, it, it does have a real purpose, other than uh, making ho- horse uh, racing fanatics mad. Um, so yeah, and it was down a little bit, and now he's going to be on a steroid kind of Lasix mild. A concoction for the next two weeks. So it's down a little bit. It looks a little bit more comfortable, uh, but it still has a ways to go. But that basically, that's what it was. You were right. It was that, and it just happened to settle in that particular part. It, if his sheath is swollen, it's what it is. Yeah. So but, thank you. It wasn't venereal <laughs> disease. I was happy to hear that. Uh, he, now he hasn't <laughs> he been kicked in the nuts. Yeah, he hasn't been uh, out with too many mares, so I wasn't really afraid of that. But uh, you know. I'm happy for him now. So he uh, he's doing better. Little guy's doing good. better. Good, good. All good. right. I, I have time for one list. We, uh, so we can – I have a study show I have to do with you and Jemmy. Uh, we're going to get Jemmy switched over right now, though. She needs to be switched over, uh, which I should have done before and didn't get to. Uh, do you want to do a study show? Because I have a fun one for you. Sure. Today. So let's get uh, Jenny. I don't know if I haven't had enough coffee to do this, but we'll see. All right. Let's get her on here. And then uh, we uh, Sally will be joining us here in a minute from Heels Down. And then we got the book. Ooh, to we'll read. have to do one of her the, the other list with her, see if she read all the books. <laughs> okay. Hello. Yeah, there we hello, go. Hello. Hello. So, all right. So you're ready for a study show. Now, this was what we do is once a month, I just search for study show in Google, and I just pick the titles out. I really don't care what the article says. Um, I think (laughs) we've discovered over the years that we find contradictory studies with almost every one we have read. (laughs) And they're colossal wastes of money. Exactly. This is what your government money, most of it, is being spent on. So uh, you're going to love the first one. This one I picked out specifically for Jamie. So Uh, Glenn gives us the lead in and Jimmy and I have to to guess what the rest of it is. Correct. And of course, uh, Jamie is our resident uh, vegetarian and vegan on the crew here. And with uh, a dirty mind. With a. (laughs) (laughs) So here's that makes two of us. Okay, I have a dirty mind. (laughs) Not vegan. It's been a while since I've done this, so this will be fun. I haven't done this game in a while. All right, vegetarian diet could help you save the world. (laughs) That wasn't obviously. That wasn't it. (laughs) 
Get constipated. <laughs> yes, ding, 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 ding. Really? No, that wasn't it. Uh, oh. that was a, it's a better answer than what I have, though, because my answer actually supports Jamie. Um, uh, a vegetarian diet could help you live longer and reduce weight gain. Oh, yeah. Now, here's the deal. That study has been done about a billion times. Mm-hmm. I know. So somebody spent money on it. I guess it is still exactly. true. Because <laughs> I only look at the studies that come out in the last month. So. Still good. <laughs> still true. This is something you like. Literally, will have lower. I will be restudying it again next month. <laughs> <laughs> and I now, ten thousand dollar grant. Was Jemmy correct? Also, though, Jamie. No, probably not. I think it's the exact opposite. Opposite. Oh, yeah. Okay. Opposite. Right, yeah. Vegetarians are very regular. I know. <laughs> if I can speak when for I, my people. When I when I was more on the veggie side, I I was a more, lot more regular. I It's true. I'm This is such a great TMI. I don't know how we got here. All right, next. <laughs> Studies show teens using e-cigarettes are more likely to. Now this is a duh one. Uh, do drugs. E-cigarettes are more likely to develop lung cancer. Well, you, you, actually, Jamie was closer. Eventually, smoke. So, yes, uh, if you're using e-cigarettes, they're already smoking. I, exactly, well, they have to I mean, qu- Jimmy. They have to quit the e-cigarettes, so they have to take up smoking to quit the e-cigarettes. e-cigarettes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Duh. <You're> smoking. <laughs> Neither one of you are going to get the next one. Oh my lord! Baby talk it. is. Oh, actually detrimental to baby's verbal development. I'm guessing. What the third? Oh, darn it. Jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, it actually is true. Baby talk is really annoying. How about that? Oh, God, yes, I agree with that. Too. Ding, 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 uh... ding, ding, but neither one are correct. So baby talk is good for dogs. I don't know if you guys saw the study that came out. <laughs> I actually think I saw this. Yes, there was a whole study. It made national news about how baby talk is good for it. dogs and it's good for their, their psyche. I would love to see how the heck they figured that. Yeah. I mean, come on. But exactly. Come be a little bit. Come on. <laughs> did you come be a good one? And what was the did control? Every study has a control. Like, how does they, what yeah. they do? <laughs> anyway, uh, studies show frozen pro. And this is exact opposite of a study I guarantee we had a couple years ago. Studies show frozen produce is. I'm going to say. Uh, just as good as fresh produce. Just ding, ding, ding. You are correct. And I swear, five years ago, we had a study that said it was not as good. I don't know if I believe this study. What do you what What do you believe these days? <laughs> this whole segment just makes you doubt everything. everything. Right? Exactly. <laughs> studies show. Uh, our new studies show. <laughs> Jimmy's going to love this one. Oh, new boy. studies show that aliens are. Oh, more likely to exist than we ever thought. Ding, um, ding, ding. Exactly right. Ah, way, way more am, likely than scientists thought. Listen, they've already been here. I've seen the Avengers movies. There's a hole in the sky and they came <laughs> down. They destroyed New York. There was an alien cleanup. And then Spider-Man had to go save all the people because all the things were getting lifted. And the alien technology was being lifted. There's alien technology Early on this planet. House. So was Tom Cruise. He was there. <laughs> so well, how would else would we have built the pyramids? I mean, everybody knows aliens did it. You know what? You know, uh, there's this island. I can't think what it's called, but it's the one that has all those. Um, it's Easter Island. Has all those big 
monuments. Have you seen those? Yeah, They're that's like, from the Rainbow it, Bridge that well, Thor came in on. Well, <laughs> so they've been they've been like, how did they? How do these ancient peoples move these tons and tons of you know huge things? So they actually, I saw this video the other day where crowds of people line up on either side and there's ropes tied to it on either side and they can kind of shimmy it and it goes like all this really long distance and it's just people on either you side know, but the alien the spaceship was so much easier to move it just drops the ropes true. and pick it up and move it i mean it's so much easier um thor pointed at it with his hammer and loki used his little thing they were like moved it over to the side hello stonehenge i'm pretty sure that was the first place the rainbow bridge landed it was like right in there until they like marked it off this is and where we can we're come back to area land. 51 again and then <laughs> the hulk he pops in because he got some sort of green thing but he can go into the space too and then he gets on the ship and then pilots it's some weird planet on ragnarok and then that happens oh my god of course studies reveal that an empty stomach <laughs> Um, if you're thinking about horses, it's more likely to have gastric distress. No, this is not involving horses. Studies reveal <laughs> that an empty stomach um, is more likely to keep you dehydrated. I don't know. <laughs> you don't care. Okay. Uh, it affects people's emotions. So being hangry is a thing. Yeah, Studies no show kidding. that being hangry is a thing. Thank you. It's called a Snickers commercial. We learned that already. Thank you very much. <laughs> and this is you one mean, that... Wait, if you mean if my kid doesn't have food, he's grumpy? Exactly. What? That is crazy. Exactly. I've never if your husband that. doesn't have food, he's grumpy too. Um, <laughs> so... My son literally has a shirt that says, please forgive anything I do while I'm hungry. <laughs> There you go. See, we needed a study. You guys already knew it. She has a shirt. <laughs> Studies show that constantly being on social media, if you guys don't get this one, I don't know what it, you guys have been living under. Negatively rock. affects your emotions. Exactly. Depression and anxiety. That's correct. I was going to say positively affects your emotion because I only post happy things and I delete anything that's a comment that is not also happy. But doesn't it give you that moment of frustration before? As you have to, oh, God, I got to delete another one here. Go See, <laughs> yeah, she's right. It's anxiety doing it. Uh, all right, so now this is, um, is going to be a good one for you, both of you. Studies show that women are more attracted to men wearing what color? Oh, skin, flesh, tone. <laughs> <laughs> the color of clear. The color of clear. Is that an option? The Why did color I expect that coming from you? Why did I expect that? The color of flesh. That is, is that incorrect. A it's actually a color. Black. I don't know. Gray, black. I don't know. Well, if you're going to be that racist, I'll go white. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's make this an issue. Which is it? Okay, <laughs> but I can I'm... solve this. You're both wrong. It's blue. So. Okay, yeah, but which one am I ranked higher? <laughs> Is there is there a top ten list of colors, Glenn? <laughs> no, I only have the top. It's blue. All right, now I'm gonna really. While men Jimmy are more racial <laughs> on the show here, God. Yeah, then we'll see where we're going with this. While men are more attracted to women wearing what color? Pink. If you say black, I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> <laughs> no, red, red. You're absolutely right. It's red. You are oh. on fire today. Jeez. Okay, and I have one more study for you. Recent studies show that sex is... Careful, Jamie. Awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. I've, so many things come to my mind. I have to apply so many filters <laughs> to my mouth right now. Uh, is beneficial for your health. 
Recent studies show that sex is the leading cause of people. I, oh, I come on. That, I made that one up. I made come that one up. Come on. I made that one up. I made that one. You mean to tell me that I spent hundred thousand dollars on that study? I want, I want those three seconds of my life back. Glenn. That was <laughs> yeah. just... <laughs> Come yeah, on. but it set you guys up for some good answers. And Jamie, cool. you were on point there. Good job. All right, that's it for study show for this month. <laughs> well, it's better that I say awesome instead of like boring and tedious. No, okay. <laughs> happy with that answer. <laughs> that's a terrible answer. Yeah, but Texas I wonder how much of our audience gave that answer, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of adverbs we could use. <laughs> Elusive. T- I don't know. Some adverb. All right. Anyway. All right. Let's, like we need to get Sally on here. I need to do that live. So we'll see if she's ready. I think she is. Uh, so we'll get What's up, on. Sally? But she's not on yet. We got to get Oh, on. fine. Give me a second. Well, <laughs> eager. <laughs> she is. She's all fired up today. Sally, she's are not, you here? Hi. Good morning. Sally is, of course, here from Heels Down Magazine. And Heels long time Down. Long time no talk to you, Sally. Happy hour. What? Do you say Sorry. long time no talk? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I like miss you guys. Is that weird? Well, well, Sally, we're having fun with lists today, so we're going to include oh, you fine. in this list, all right? Give her a choice. Oh, give her a choice. Okay. Which one does she want to do? All right. So I'll give you a choice. We can do 15 books about horses that every kid definitely read in their childhood. Okay. Or, and we can see how many you actually did read. Or okay. we can do the top 10 spookiest things that horses find spooky. Uh, you know, those are both good, but you know, I just went to a book signing last night, so I'm feeling kind of nerdy. So let's go with the books. Oh, Sally's cool. feeling nerdy. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I always, that's just kind of who I am. So. <laughs> All right. Now <laughs> we're going to include Jemmy, the non-horse person in here, and we're going to cool. see if she's read any of these. Let's see if she's heard of any <laughs> yeah, right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> she might've heard of the first one. And what would you guys both expect would be the number one book that every kid has read? Stop, don't say anything, because this is officially, I'll just give you the title, the greatest horse book of all time that obviously changed and shaped the way that I perceive the world today, and that is none other than the greatest classic novel by Anna Sewell. It is none other than Black Beauty. Uh, ding, ding, that was ding. quite the introduction. You're welcome. <laughs> She knows I ate that this was amazing. Did you guys, okay, did you guys see the movie? You guys have seen the movie though. The, Which the one? Li- well, the 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 live action. Well, I guess they were both live action. Um, it was the one. I don't know. It was the. How am I even supposed to describe it? It's the good the one. I don't know. The good yeah. one. The yeah. Good one. <laughs> like makes me sob like a baby every time I watch it. Um, can I tell you that I had like a little slumber party here for a bunch of teenagers that were all my riding students. Chad was out of town and we watched that movie. You and at the end of it, that movie. Oh, yeah, I made them all watch it. And at the end, I was like <laughs> sobbing in a puddle at the end. And all, I look around, all these children are looking at me like I'm the, have two heads. Like, what is wrong with you? What is going on? How do you are not you okay? cry, though? Oh, my God. <laughs> you cry during a dog movie. What's the difference? <laughs> Bitches. Jemmy, oh, uh, any clue what ba- Black Beauty is? Any clue? Oh, I've totally heard of it. but Not read it. Okay. That's about as far as it goes. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's... All right. Totally heard of it. What do you guys? Are, an Sally? Antique Black Beauty book collection. I have like fifteen Black Beauties oh, that were all like in the twenties and thirties. Well, can I borrow one? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to. You'll be sobbing too. So, all right, uh, Sally. What awesome. would you guess the second on the list would be? And this is pretty obvious. 
Oh God. Well, don't say that. Cause now I'm going to feel stupid if I don't get it. Um, <laughs> nice setup. Yeah, right. Like walk into failure here. Okay. <laughs> hold on. I just had something in my head and I already forgot it. Uh, um, it's coming up this month. It's coming up this month. Oh, I know. Oh, I don't know. Misty. Oh, duh. See, I'm not good at this. My nerd is my Misty nerd of Chincoteague. And yes, they're they're running the ponies across the water this month. And hopefully we're going to get a live report from a boat again. Um, Fun. Yeah, that's coming up. Misty of Chincoteague. Are by all the rest of the books on this list, Marguerite Henry novels. No. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because that doesn't count. All right. I what's you, what's the next but... one that you would all expect? It's Black Stallion. Yep, there it is. Walter Farley, you're good at this. You're just nailing it. Yeah, you're these. much better at this than I am. Yeah. And I he... mean, because there was the Black Stallion series, but then there was the, also the Island Stallion This is Stallion Walter Farley's series. book. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just yeah. all Walter Farley? Okay. All right. That's Walter Farley. That gave book. me my early love of horse riding. Jemmy, we're checking in. Any clue? You're still lost on this? Again, heard of it, but that's about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You mean you haven't read Missy of Chincoteague? And... I've never heard of that one. Nope, never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to Marguerite Henry again. Can you guys come up with another one? Um, God, what were her other books even? So there's the one about the all the three Arabians. That's Sham. it. The story of Gand- the Godolphin. Godolphin. You know what? That one actually I liked better than Misty, too. King of the Wind. I'm thinking about Me it. Too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's on the list. Uh, Jemmy, she's never heard of that. Okay, no. so um, <laughs> we're going to somebody else, and this is a classic. It was talked about in our auditor room the other day. I'm giving Jamie a clue. Another, um, not Walter Farley, not nope. Anna Sewell, and not... No, but it's... Is it Flicka? A movie Ooh, was made of this, and they were talking about one. the movie, and uh, you might have had tissues out on this one, too. Yeah, I've heard of this one. Um, I oh, stop reading ahead, Jemmy. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know anything. It's like I got all right. National Velvet. I'm just oh. blind. National Velvet. I don't have the uh, list either. See, Did you I've guys never read, read the... that book? I've yeah. only seen the movie. Only seen the movie. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. That was. Uh... I didn't honestly. I'm not even sure I knew that there was a book. Is that bad? Apparently, there was. <laughs> so it was written by. Uh, it was written by a guy named Enid Bagnold. Wow. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Uh, Another one here that uh, Mary O'Hara. You guys have a guess? My friend Flicka. Yeah. Did you do that? Okay. So that was an example of a terrible movie, honestly, because I just, I mean, in my opinion, I didn't like it because it was so different from the book. The book was like my, that was like my favorite horse book growing up. Isn't that like a dream girl thing? It's just, uh, I've never saw any of these, by the way. My friend Flicka is about young Ken, the -hmm. son of a Wyoming rancher, and his horse Flicka. Hello. Let me guess. The horse was in distress, and he saved it. No. No. Not really. Not really. Because that's kind of It's kind of a coming-of-age story. Yeah. There's only two kind of horse movies. Coming-of-age stories and the one where they save the horse (laughs) and they lose the ranch. There's two kinds of horse movies. It's pretty oh, much it, Olympics. isn't it? Yeah. You guys yeah. ever hear of um, uh, the a horse called Wonder? Yes. Joanna Campbell. Yeah. That's no. that's the Thoroughbred series. Yeah, that's it? right. Thoroughbred that's series. That's the first book. That's correct. Yep. You're uh, right. Wow. Look at you. I, I used to have those. a trunk full of the Thoroughbred books. Jemmy, checking in. Still no. <laughs> no. So I was I was going to say I think I've noticed a pattern here. If they made a movie out of it, I've heard of the book. <laughs> <laughs> How about the red pony? 
John Steinbeck. Oh my God, John Steinbeck's novel. That gave me nightmares as a child forever. And I, oh my God. I'm like, Sarah, go get the buzzard away from me. Come on, God, run. John Steinbeck's haunted me. For my entire life after that book. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> and then Marguerite Henry's... This is not Henry's, a horse book for children. I swear this, this list, children. which was put together by Bustle.com, which, honest to God, I've never heard of. Um, it was uh, Marguerite... It must have been Marguerite Henry's granddaughter that wrote this list, because now there's two Marguerite, more Marguerite Henry books. Sea Star Orphan of Chincoteague. Okay, and then Brady. Yep. 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 Okay, how about, of course, Justin Morgan Had a Horse? Which, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. How could you forget that one? Um, how about all the Saddle Club books? But apparently, oh. they picked out a hor- the one called Horse Crazy. Huh. That's by, all of them. By the way, those books were only a dollar ninety nine. Are <laughs> you serious? For a reason. Um, my local tap, my local feed store used to sell them, and I was of I'm of the age where we were waiting on the new one. <laughs> like, oh my god, they got a new Saddle Club book. Everybody has to go. <laughs> weren't there like a thousand of them too there were so many i don't even think i read all of them yeah there I, I definitely read all the thoroughbred books but the saddle club i was like a thoroughbred and nancy drew girl that was kind of where i lived were all the saddle uh were they all the same those books no saddle club books yeah. no yeah. obviously no, Georgie think and so. Stevie like went on adventures and they had to deal with you know the bitchy girl in the barn who's yeah. escaping me <laughs> okay right so they were and like all the other books <laughs> I swear to you, I still to this day think that every riding arena should have a horseshoe hung up and then you have to touch the uh, the horseshoe for good luck before you mount up. I mean, obviously, that seems I mean, like scandal. Yeah, it's a rite of passage. <laughs> yeah, we do yeah. that here every time. Um, how about The Wild One by <clears throat> Terry Farley? Mm, no? Uh-uh. Okay. That doesn't ring a bell. All right. How about Horse in the House mm, by nope. Ben Baglio? Never heard of this. Did either. they just do a Google list I of horses? Right? I don't know. How about coming home? No, nope. what's that one? Uh, which is by uh, which is a Heartland book actually by Lauren Brooke. Oh. All right. Well, if it's Heartland, that's just an episode. I've probably seen it. <laughs> How about I want a pony? No, nope. no, no. We're getting cut. Jemmy. Um. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, let me think about that. <laughs> and that's it. That was my list of crappy books that uh, we but read as kids. It started off pretty strong. Yeah. yeah. Kind of faded there towards the end, didn't it? Yeah. But I, it's because I really think that they just Googled, they're like, oh, I got to make a list of horse books. Some crazy horse person will read this and share this. And then they were like, let just Google horse book. Well, and let me tell you what else is up. on Bustle. Would you like to know what else is on Bustle? Sure. For astrology prediction for July, um, one thing a dating coach wants you to know about a good first date. Um, uh, Baskin Robbins. I read Bustle every day. What does this say to me about me as a person? Do you read Bustle every day? Yeah. I okay. So tangent time. Are you ready? (laughs) Yes. Now I am. Okay. So this isn't really that interesting, but I'll tell you anyway. But. Okay, so I'm kind of like closetly obsessed with The Bachelor. You can judge me if you me want. Me too. I'm, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm thank in the you. same closet. Oh, we finally okay. found something Jemmy likes. <laughs> it's a it's a big closet. Welcome in. So, yeah. So I I stumbled on Bustle because I can follow The Bachelor as a topic, and so all of the you know crappy gossip blogs that talk about The Bachelor, or I guess The Bachelorette is on what's on right now. 
that's like my go-to source. So that's how I stumbled on Bustle. And then I just kind of started reading because I, I really, I don't, I, I, yeah, I guess um, that just says a lot about me as a person. You have a life <laughs> outside of horses. That's what I'm blown away about. I mean, well, <laughs> I don't know if you can really call it that, but. Because <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, did you not hear her talk about she watches The Bachelor? Right. Is that really <laughs> a life <laughs> that equates life? <laughs> She's sorry she can't got up for this, too. Uh, one of the other articles on Bustle was Twitter is extremely confused by this avocado toast-flavored <laughs> chocolate bar. There's oh. quality articles in here. That that's uh yeah, that's hard hitting journalism right there. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you not cover that on Heels Down? I mean, come on. You know, it came up and you know, barely just didn't make the cut, you know. Okay. That's why we're here in the morning. Is <laughs> the to help you with quality it. entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> Bustle Guys, I sent over some proof of something. Um, I actually do have a horse book in my collection. I just haven't read it yet. What is I it? I just wanted to put that on the record. What is it? Doesn't <laughs> Glenn send it to you? No, no. I got this on my own at my kid's school's book book sale. It, it's called Dirt, and it's by Denise Gossliner Orenstein. And it's about a mini. And I actually bought it so I could read it, but I just haven't read it yet. <laughs> Do you know that when we say, you know what, I'm really going to lose weight and I'm going to start eating healthy and I'm going to start tomorrow. Yeah. Yet every day is tomorrow. Tell me a horse girl. It's just taking a very long time. Got to take that leap. You got to take that first diet day. You hey, know, Sally, now that we're book. out of time, what did you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, no worries, guys. Don't worry about me. <laughs> oh, man. No, um, you know, I it just uh, I think I brought this up last time, too, but. You know, one of the things that we're really doing this month is um, promoting, you know, body positivity and and body empowerment. So in our um, we have a email newsletter that goes out every weekday um, that you can sign up for a shameless plug at heelsdownmag.com. But it's got kind of a roundup and aggregation of all the different headlines um, around the world. And we are we also put some original content in there that you can't find anywhere else. So, for example, this week I wrote about high-waisted breeches and how they have changed my life and my confidence level. Um, so yeah, apparently I can find random for the better, for the better. Yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, again, hard hitting journalism. So, you know, sign up and share your, we're using the hashtag, uh, writer body love. So that's kind of our big focus right now. Why did high waisted reach being a guy? You have to explain why. So, all right. So, okay. The low waisted anything is just an invitation for all of your like wobbliest bits to just be on full display because you know when you have something that kind of goes underneath your stomach basically then it kind of the invites any sort somewhere. of softness yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, now, Sally let's make it th- when we were 16 <laughs> that was okay that was okay yeah for sure it was like the lower the better you know obviously um, if my butt crack didn't show and I bent over I was doing yes, something wrong yes exactly like that used literally used to be the fashion of like literally the underwear hanging out of your your the back of your yeah. pants because your pants are so low um so anyway as I've gotten older I really started to get away from the low rise because I was like this is just not flattering at all and so I just kind of moved on to to mid and high rise breaches and like Man, I just feel it just is so much flattering of a look and it creates more of a silhouette. And not that I'm a fashionista by any means, but I feel like confidence is something that comes from not only, you know, the skills that you have, but also, I mean, for me personally, if I feel like I look okay and I feel confident in how I look, then I feel a lot better in general. So it's it's not about being conceited or anything. It's just about how to, you know, build yourself up in those little ways. So, um, yeah, I, I wrote about it. <laughs> 
super interesting. That's super brave of you to write about it. I mean, to expose any, uh, I don't, I never would expose any personal feelings of about things. Um, so to, for you to really do that and put it on paper is really, wait, really wait a nice. minute. Wait a minute. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand how hard it is. Uh, wait a minute. Don't There's about ever... 2000 episodes of you exposing every feeling you've ever had in your life. <laughs> That's why Sally is my people. <laughs> <laughs> so plumber butt is out is all I heard. Plumber butt is out. Okay. So if you take away anything from this conversation, let's take that away. Okay, that's oh, all I heard. That about, whole thing. Plumber butt's out. We're not. We don't like the high waisted jeans, though, do we? We don't Sally? like the. Okay. okay, so some people do. Some girls can really pull it off and kind of like yeah. that vintage look, but I can't. I well, don't have the high waisted shorts are back in, and they were yeah. stupid in my day. See, I yeah. think they look good. Oh, I think the no. silhouette that it creates. They come is up very to vintage. like underneath your boobs. They're I awful. I mean, they do. They do. Oh, they um, were awful in the seventies when they started, along with my leisure suit, and that was awful too. You know who else doesn't share their feelings on the show is Glenn. He's just so buttoned up. I, I am. He really is. You know, we got to get him to open up somehow. <laughs> I, I know. High <laughs> <laughs> wasted shorts out. I don't uh, need you, you need to do low cut either, but. But I bought a pair of, I think it was on tag of the day. I think a pair of riding jeans, like the jeans that are full seat. And I got them in. I don't know how those girls pick hooves because you can't, because you can't, not, bend. You can't bend over. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Wait, I, I, I don't remember. bend there. What is wrong? What happened? Yeah, exactly. You notice so Jemmy's not commenting at all on this conversation. She's totally yeah, out Jimmy, of this one. Jimmy took a yeah. break. <laughs> And he doesn't wear riding pants, so she doesn't get to weigh in. Nope. Um, so anyway, Sally, that's all awesome. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing that. And where can everybody find it? Obviously, plug yeah, your magazine, um, plug your show. <laughs> so we have all different things happening. You can always find kind of our hub at heelsdownmag.com, but you can also download our magazine. Um, it's published fresh every month. We have um, the Israeli show jumper, Danielle Goldstein, the girl with all the feathers in her hair. She's a complete badass on our cover in July. So that is available through the iTunes or Google Play Store. Um, and then we have the Heels Down Happy Hour podcast that has a fresh episode coming out on Friday. And you can also find that on your favorite podcast app or um, the Horse Radio Network. It must be good, too, because Jemmy said she had a blast with you guys last night. So I don't know what oh, you guys Oh, she's were... being nice. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> we try and keep things It's uh, always a good time. You guys were awesome. <laughs> our, drink, our drink last night had uh, some tequila in it. So if that uh, gives you a clue. That explains <laughs> oh, it all. Damn. There was dancing on the tables. Uh. <laughs> things went quickly off the rails, and I loved every second of it. As always. <laughs> Uh, are you like me with tequila? You're like, you get a little bit of tequila. You're like dancing on a speaker, you know, like, woo, throwing um, yeah, that, that used to be vodka for me. I used to be like a vodka Red Bull girl, believe it or not. So you can imagine what that looked like. Oh well, God. see, but here's me 15 minutes after that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that is me. Yes, I had. Do you actually, remember still, what? when we used to drink to like get going and go out? Yeah, and no, now you have to pregame to to go out. And now I'm just like, you go out at nine o'clock. That's like, can that's like when I get home. I drink to go to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I'll have a cocktail, put me right to bed. And there is an age when that happens. There's a magic age. I think it's at like thirty to thirty four to thirty five. When all of a sudden it just yeah, changes. I would agree with that. It's about yeah, that I, age, isn't it? I remember 
going out, like I had just started dating my ex and we were kind of both still in that party phase and we would go out every day and I was working in an office. So, I mean, I had to be like up in my cubicle at 8am the next day and I'd be out till five in the morning the night before. And I just, I think, and then like one day, I think I was maybe 29 or something, 30. I just woke up one day and was like, you know, I'm good. And then just really haven't looked back since. And now I go to bed at 8 p.m. (laughs) Can I point out that I'm not, I'm I'm shocked that that relationship didn't work. Mentioned he was your ex. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I pine for him every day. Uh (laughs) Sounds like it. Sounds like it. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Sally. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Feels Down Happy Hour. You can find it on the Horse Radio Network app as well. All right. It's time for the book, isn't it? It is. All oh right. my gosh! Hold on, I got to turn on my overhead light. Or oh, you can do that while I play this. Too old. The Opium Equation is the first of the Cat and Wright mystery series, written by Lisa Wysocki. It features Cat and Wright, a Tennessee Appaloosa horse trainer, Darcy Whitcomb, teenager with a trust fund, Bubba Henley, a budding juvenile delinquent, and John Gardner, a mysterious barn manager. And of course, there's Sally Blue. Thank you to the publisher, Cool Titles, for allowing us to read this book. If you want to read ahead, all four books in the series are available in stores and online everywhere or at lisawysaki.com. Chapter 31. I counted. One 1,000. Two 1,000. The water was shockingly cold and foul-tasting and a darkly black as ink. I pushed off as hard as I could with my feet and we were on our way. 15 1,000, 16 1,000. Bubba was heading toward, toward a lighter patch of water a short distance ahead. I desperately hoped that patch meant the outside world was near. We swam into the light and Bubba started up. 29 1,000, 30 1,000. My lungs were beginning to burn, my legs to ache. We were losing speed. I had Bubba floundered and kicked his ankle free of my hand. I looked up in sheer terror as Bubba began tangled in a large clump of freshwater seaweed. My heart constricted as the tendrils clung tighter and tighter to him. 43 1,000. 44 1,000. Please, God, please, please, please. As my injured left arm was still wrapped close to my body, I started an upward stroke using my other arm. Bubba had stirred up all sorts of underwater sludge and I couldn't see. Somehow I bypassed the seaweed and hooked Bubba under the armpit as I passed. We went about a foot up and jerked to a stop. I wanted to scream, hyperventilate. I so wanted needed air. Bubba began thrashing more violently. The kid was terrified and I I admit so was I. I grabbed his face and pulled it close to mine, shaking his face until he opened his eyes and looked at me. I mouthed the words relax to him several times. Relax. It was the last thing I could will my own body to do, but Bubba had to relax if he was to survive. Priceless seconds passed as Bubba slowly loosened his body. 52 1,000. 53 1,000. Frantically, I tore the offending weeds free of his body. Bubba helped me with the last, but once we began our ascent, Bubba began to choke. Seconds. Fractions of seconds. I knew that's all we had. I grabbed a fistful of his hair and forced my exhausted legs to kick for all they were worth. They did, and before I knew it, our heads broke free of the water. I allowed myself two wonderful, exhilarating gasping lungfuls of air before checking my surroundings. There was an idle thought in the back of my mind that Adam would be waiting for us on the bank of the river. I quickly scanned the gray shoreline. If he was there, he was well hidden. We were not far from the riverbank, maybe 15 feet or so, but Bubba had stopped choking before we surfaced, and now, as far as I could tell, he was not breathing at all. I kicked for all I was worth, and with a 
final powerful surge, landing us both half in and half out of the river along a slew of muddy rocks. Bubba's face was colorless, his lips blue. He was unconscious, his eyes partially rolled back. Water streamed from his nose and mouth. Come on, Bubba, I thought. We've come this far. Don't leave me now. I kicked myself out of the water and slapped his face. Hard. His eyelids fluttered faintly. Thank you, God. I had no breath for myself, much less him, so CPR was out. I couldn't recall if I knew how to do it anyway, and the thought that it required two hands crossed my mind. I slapped the other side of his face. Harder. He took one ragged breath. Then, a century later, another. Wake up, Bubba. Come on, wake up, I cried. His hand still floated in the icy water. His wrist mottled a swollen red and blue from his vain attempts to free himself from the hobbles. Oh, Bubba. I slapped him again. His head rolled sideways, but his eyes opened. He took another ragged breath. Come on, Bubba. Breathe, damn it. Breathe. I pulled him further out of the water and heaved him onto his side. Then, with all the strength I could muster, I punched him in the stomach. Immediately, he heaved a huge stream of mud-colored water and he began to breathe. I lay beside him exhausted, tears streaming down my face, watching the rise and fall of his chest. I had reached my limit. There was nothing more I could do without killing myself in the process. Bubba would live or die. It was up to him and the man upstairs. I don't know how long we lay there, although I think it must have been half an hour or more. When we we first broke the surface, there was a gloomy light. It was barely dawn, but the day gradually got brighter in spite of the heavy gray clouds that blanketed the sky. Morning. I'd been in the cave all night, and it was morning. Eventually, Baba began to groan, and he heaved up another massive load of water. I sat up and put my hand on his chest. Bubba? He moaned yet again and threw up a third time. He must have swallowed half the river. Finally, Bubba raised his head and looked fuzzily at me. That Adam is such an asshole, he said. Of course... I never should have opened the door last night, I said to the deputy. I should have checked to see who it was, but I really thought, no, I knew it was John. Shows you how much I know. John, Sally Blue, Agnes, and Deputy Giles had found us as we straggled up the muddy, rocky riverbank behind the Henley place. The deputy immediately called for assistance and also called Carol to accompany Bubba to the Vanderbilt Children's Hospital in the ambulance. Hill Henley, of course, was nowhere to be found. It turned out that Agnes had called John just after I did, and it had taken him forever to get off the phone. He could not convince her not to drive down to take care of me, and she was in her car heading to the stables minutes after she hung up. She told John that she knew I was in trouble because of Ira, the shyest and most reticent of her deceased husbands, had told her so in a dream. Guess I owe Ira a thank you. John was upset that he hadn't arrived in time to stop Adam, but in actuality, if he had, we never would have found the secret room or Bubba. Funny the way life works out sometimes. When I think about it too much, it scares me. When John finally arrived at my house only to find Hank and me missing, he called the deputy, the Carsons, and Darcy. Then when Hank showed up an hour later dragging the twine leash, he called everyone else he could think of. The police and my friends and neighbors has searched for me all night. I have to admit that it gives me a little thrill to think of that hunky Keith Carson searching for little old me at two in the morning. I know, it's shameful how twisted I am when it comes to that man. Sally Blue was the one who eventually gave the searchers a clue. She burst out of her stall when John left to do the morning feed, jumped two fences to run to the field above the river where Bubba and I lay. Agnes insisted Sally was onto something, and even John's curiosity was arrived when Sally wouldn't budge from her spot, nor would she quit pawing or looking towards the river. John had just wrapped a lead rope around Sally's neck when we came struggling up the bank. Fairblanks was the first place we checked, said the deputy. We hunted from top to bottom and never found one sign of either of you. 
We were now driving very fast up River Road towards Ashland City. One look at me and the deputy had wrapped me in a blanket, started the sirens, and headed towards the medical center. I didn't argue with him because I'll admit I've never felt worse. Adam had yet to be found. We're checking the airlines, bus schedules, car rentals. My guess is he's driving back to California, back to his own stomping grounds. We've put a bulletin out for the car. If he's driving it, someone will spot him. I wasn't paying attention for I had remembered a horrible thing. Stop, I said. We've got to turn around. The deputy looked at me as if I were nuts. We were flying up the curvy hill that eventually drops motorists back to the river into the county seat. There's no place to turn around even if he wanted to. Please, deputy, we've got to turn around. He tightened his grip on the wheel and replied, but I reached over imploringly at his sleeve. Martin, please stop the car. Turn around now. What the hell for? I just remembered that I talked to Opal before Adam. Anyway, now I understand what she meant. I don't care what she meant, he said gruffly. I'll talk to her later. Right now, you need to see a doctor, and the closest one is at the medical center. Deputy, Opal Dupree will commit suicide if she hasn't already. I guarantee it. We just passed the nursing home. Please turn around. During our last conversation, Opal had said she chose not to handle any more of this trouble. Not can't, but chose not to. Chose meant she had a choice. She also said she wasn't strong anymore. At the time, I took it to be a reflection of her arthritis. Now I knew she meant mentally. Opal meant she no longer had the mental fortitude to cover up the family demons. The only way out for her was suicide. There'd be another scandal that didn't concern her. She wouldn't be around to deal with it. I told the deputy what was whizzing through in my mind. He considered it briefly, then stopped the car at the driveway to the Riverview restaurant. As he headed the car in the opposite direction, he called ahead to the nursing home and alerted them to the potential problem. When he hung up, he gave me the half grin that I was coming to know so well. Cat, you know, I like you and all, he said, that grin still on his face. I even introduced you to my brother. You're smart. You've been around to help me, and I appreciate that. He accelerated quickly up the big hill. But I got to say, I'm getting awful tired of you being right every single dab burn time. Martin insisted I stay in the car while he went in, using my good disheveled state and sheer exhaustion as excuses and very good excuses. They were too. I waited until he entered the building and then I followed him inside. We found Opal in bed, staring thoughtfully at the portrait of Colonel Sam, a surprisingly large stockpile of pills on her bedside tray while a nurse measured her vital signs. Miss Dupree has only been swallowing half her meds. The nurse said as she made a notation in Opal's chart, we found that pile of pills roll up in a sock in her drawer. Luckily, she hadn't yet begun to take them. I wanted to see Adam one more time, Opal said. He's a good boy at heart, but he changed. The drugs changed him. When I realized all he's done, I knew I couldn't go on. It's just too, too much. And with that, a single tear rolled down her cheek. While the medical professionals were seen to Opal, I sat in that familiar gold plastic chair and quietly told the deputy that when we had talked the night before, Opal told me she felt she had spent an entire life covering up the doings of family members. Her grandfather, Colonel Sam, had sexually abused her daughters, the same daughter who grew up to be Opal's mother, Alice the Younger. It started when Alice was a young girl and continued until Alice had the courage to break away and go to Nashville. By then, the many years of laudanum had turned the old man into a raving lunatic and Alice was close to 30. Alice tried to start a new life in Nashville. She found a teaching job. She even fell in love. But the man was unsuitable, a gambler, a hustler, but she was soon expecting a child. But before she could tell her lover, he was killed in a barroom brawl. The resulting child was Opal. 
Opal grew up in the 1930s with the stigma of being an illegitimate child. And due to the dual problems of Opal's questionable parentage and the family's perception of Alice's desertion of her father, Alice was shunned. When Opal was 10, poor Alice died of pneumonia. Opal was farmed out to distant cousins, an elderly couple from the Giles clan who was often helped out at the Big Henley place. Fairbanks. There, in an innocent childhood wanderings, Opal first discovered the legendary gopher, gopher hole. Opal married young, bore two daughters, was tragically widowed, and scrambled to make a better life for her young family. Opal felt they were blessed when Hollywood showed an initial interest in her daughters, and it was a relief to leave Tennessee and all the problems behind. But this savvy woman soon realized that the plush roles, the starring vehicles that paid real money, were as politically assigned as were the staff at the White House. Opal didn't have much clout at the time, but she did have access to the gopher hole and she made liberal use of its contents. Even though the gopher hole eventually gave Opal and her daughters what they thought they desired, what lay ahead was less than a blessing. Drunken orgies, forbidden affairs, death, while Adam was born to Amy, stating once again the cycle of illegitimacy, Opal definitely covered up the name of her father. The family curse would continue. I understand. Go ahead. 